Welcome back to the Examination Podcast, Season 5, Episode 21. Krakow is a busy place, you're a busy mute. We're here to make sure you stay caught up on all the X comics out there. And this week that includes Marauders, number 22, and New Mutants, number 20. I'm Dane Rainier, but you're not here for me. You're here for the man who would never ignore his friends on Krakoa. The man who never abandons this podcast. The unstoppable Kelsey Struts. I am the Colossus, nay, the juggernaut of the X-Men podcasting world. And despite having a wife and kids, I turn them aside just like so many brick walls to bring you your weekly entertainment. We are short one host, Quentin Emler, but that's not going to stop us. Kelsey and I are more than prepared to uh, discuss this week's comics. But before we get there... They even be better. (laughs) Before we get there, let's hook up to Cerebro, see what's new in the world of Marvel. Okay, I know you guys uh, mentioned last week that Quentin had seen it, and I know he's going to hate that he doesn't get to be here to talk about this, but Loki, episode six, uh, season finale... What are your thoughts? One, you know he's going to just recap it next week. That is true. We'll, we'll wind up talking Two, about Two, though, sure. uh, I really I really enjoyed it. I like that it has what is expected to be lasting effects for the MCU. Um, obviously, they could just ignore it completely for everything else, but I doubt that. Um I like the actor they have playing Kang, Jonathan Majors. Uh, he was in a movie, I can't remember the name of it, but with Charlie Hunnam, and it was like an indie indie film. I can't remember the name now, but it was it was a good film. He kind of plays a pseudo-bad guy. Um, Cthulhu Country, also a, a good show that got yep. canceled on HBO, but he was, he was very good in it. Uh, and this role... What fascinates me about it is because Kang can be from so many timelines, you can play him however you want each different time, and it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter. No one can say, well, that's not how Kang acts. You're like, this Kang does. That one over there is going to act this way. That one over there. And you can beat him. You can beat him over and over and over and over, and he can keep showing up. They They can do whatever they want with this. It's got to be a challenge, yet an extreme freedom for an actor. Because how do you, how do you play this character over and over and over if they are going to do it this way? Uh, to be different, but still have some kind of a, a traditional through line to make the character into something, but also just like do whatever you want. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I think that is going to be kind of a challenge, ensuring that you have sort of a through line with the character that we're going to repeat theoretically. Um, but still the freedom to do anything. Because I don't think this is what people would have expected from the introduction of a Kang character. And again, right. I guess technically we should say he has thus far only been referred to as he who he remains. remains. Right. We haven't heard Kang, but they were very clear to throw in the, some would call me a conqueror. Conqueror, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I guess just if anybody were talking about it, and we are full spoilers at this point, uh, you know, following Loki and Sylvie's uh, journey to the end of time, they encounter Jonathan Major's character, He Who Remains, but uh, really very clearly, I think all indicators are we're talking about Kang. He mentions that he's sort of gotten tired of 
uh, you know, the maintaining timeline. the timelines, keeping mm-hmm. things balanced right. And so he's given them the choice. They can either take his job over or just kill him and let things go awry. And Loki and Sylvie have a disagreement about that. Loki thinks, hey, we need to at least consider this. Sylvie is fully out for revenge, kills this version of Kang or He Who Remains. And like you said, pretty clearly creates some implications, I think, for Marvel Phase 4 and moving forward that the timelines are awry. Who knows what's going to happen at this point, You can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, you know, this makes an easy way that you could bring in any X-Men you want, any X-Men team you want um, later on, Fantastic Four, things like that. And makes easy ways for you to go, well, this is why they didn't show up at the Battle for New York or anything like that. You're just like, it's a different timeline that just got smashed into here. So, yeah, I mean, it really amps up uh, Multiverse of Madness, the, you know, the, uh-huh. the Doctor Strange movies. I mean, like, it's... We're off the rails now. And the Spider-Man, the, the yep. Spider-Man movie, because yeah, they've what? already confirmed, you know, Alfred Molina and individuals like that repeating their characters from, you know, the different Right, especially Spider-Man the title movies. now, you know, No Way Home. Like, it is fully open to just do whatever they want. Stuff's going to get weird. Things are going to get real weird. Uh, did you see the... Um, the the mentioning of Ursa Major in Black Widow. I did, MCU yeah. MCU mutant. <laughs> yes, yes. That it's, you know, they're kind of coy on it in that it's like, you know, there's nothing confirming that this version of the character is a mutant. But it yeah, I did see mutant. the actor yeah. said that, that that is who, who they were yeah. playing. So, yes, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, another thing kind of tying into Loki uh, again is that you remember a few weeks ago, I think it was an episode that you and I did. I don't think Quentin was here when we talked about the specificity of the small things, like the change at the end of uh, WandaVision. Right. That, and that, how, the, like, that things happening in Loki are affecting the other shows. Kind right. Of thing, that they're, they're changing stuff. Has okay. So, no, there hasn't been a change, but okay. somebody, I don't know how people find these esoterically small things. Somebody ran the last episode of Loki with the last episode of um, of uh, WandaVision. And if you start them at the same time, the moment where Wanda absorbs all of the energy and kind of transforms into what we consider the, the more traditional Scarlet Witch, Scarlet like Witch literally character. the second, the moment that happens is the scene where Loki, or when um, Kang says, there it is. We just passed the threshold. Like, you know, that it's all changing from that point on. It's, I mean, somebody's synced up the videos and it is just so perfect. It can't be, it can't be coincidence because the other thing is when he takes that moment and he drops, I don't remember what it is, he drops an object on his desk. Yes. Is the exact moment that Agatha collapses to the ground as well. So, I mean, they are literally synced up in how those moments happen hmm. and it's like i don't know how anybody finds this it seems incredibly small but uh i'm running with it i'm gonna tell one everyone things, i know that that's how they planned it it can't i mean it can't be coincidence it's too specific and i, I don't know it's just somebody editors tinfoil hats are on MCU. guys tinfoil hats on mcu conspiracies so let's hear it in the comments section below <laughs> 
Also in the MCU in the news, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, Henry Cavill supposedly met with Marvel Studios in London. I know, you know, as kind of the iconic Man of Steel in DC, could be looking at a transition over to Marvel here. Captain Britain. That's, yeah, that is the prevailing rumor. Have you seen that as well then? No. Really? I'm that was taking just... A... That or the Sentry? Blonde really? him up. Really? You just, because I didn't expect that you would have read that anymore. You literally oh, just, I that didn't was read what... it. Yeah, I'm you guessing just... Captain Britain. That is the prevailing theory, the leading He's rumor. got the chin. He's got the accent. It seems like a character they would bother throwing in. You don't have to do like repeat movies with him. I mean, that would also be very multiversal, right? Yes. The, protecting the omniverse. Right. Like that, it it could fit. Although I don't know, because it feels like if they're just now talking to him, this has to be years down the road. But yeah, that is the prevailing theory is that he would be Captain Britain. Well, you sort of stole the thunder out from that. I was going to ask who you thought he might play, but yeah. you've... <laughs> You've nailed it. So now I think it'd be cooler if they made him play the Sentry, play the Marvel version of Superman. <laughs> just play it another soups. Yeah, just blonde him up and be like, "Now you're Superman, but you got a bad side." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, heading out of the news and into the Crucible, comics artist Mark Brooks, who is doing a cover for the Trial of Magneto, posted a piece of art today that he did back in 2012 for Marvel versus Capcom Origins. Kind of a classic twist on the traditional Stanley, uh, or uh, excuse me, cover with um, the, you know, Magneto fighting the original X-Men. Uh-huh. I want to ask you this, because I know we've talked about it before. Um, what's the last good X-Men video game we got? X-Men Legends 2. That's nuts, because you're right. I went yeah. back and looked. There has been a dearth of good X-Men. I mean, that's not only the best one we, we've we last got. It is the best one we've ever gotten, in my opinion. And you're probably right. But that was 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we were just out of high school when the mm-hmm. last good X-Men no, I know. came. I remember being in the dormitories and playing that. Because since then, we've gotten X-Men, the official game. So one of the movie tie-ins, which right. is awful. X-Men Destiny, which, as much as I liked the idea, was apparently terrible. I've never played it. And then an, a, a cell phone game, X-Men Days of Future Past, that I never even knew existed. But, like, Kelsey, X-Men Legends is the last good game we got and we got yep. two back to back think about how spoiled we were x-men legends was good and x-men legends 2 was beyond good that was 04 and 05 awesome. that we yeah. just got back to back bangers what a time to be alive it was it was the best time for x-men video games and then before that you know there were some okay side scrollers and a couple of good fighters i mean there's uh, x-men arcade you know that's that's a beloved one yeah, Children of the Atom. You know, Children the of the Atom. X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Yep. Because that was before Marvel vs. Capcom. Correct, yeah. Sort of the, the, the yeah. more specific prequel in some ways. Um, You know, there were X-Men games for Super Nintendo. and uh, you know, Arcade's Revenge. Oh, that's a great one, the Super Nintendo I game. Think, I, I think it's a Spider-Man game, but it's X-Men. It is, yeah. It's Spider-Man saving the X-Men, the X-Men. as you have to play yes. through those levels. I had that... 
game at my grandmother's house. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but I could beat the Spider-Man level when I was a kid. I couldn't beat any other level. No. And so I just no, I never that game was that brutally game. hard. Like there's a uh, level where you're being chased by Juggernaut the whole level. And then um X-Men 2 Clone Wars on the Sega Genesis way way back when was a pretty like at oh, the time at least pretty Yeah, decent. you could Psylocke was in that one. That is correct. Yes. Uh Gambit, Cyclops, Psylocke, Wolverine. Nightcrawler, and Wolverine, I think. Well, yes. Yeah, Wolverine. When when you go to the Wikipedia for list of X-Men video games, there's a whole subsection that's just Wolverine video games. Well, yeah, there are going to be more of those. There's more Wolverine comics than X-Men comics, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe if you add them up and put them side by side. I mean, he is, I get it, he's the poster child. It, it he's is their Batman. Is. Yeah, you, you, not the most powerful, hey, have you not heard, the Superman, but he is the... Have you, have you, I was floating this idea to Quentin, um, because I, I saw my father-in-law ask me, he goes, hey, is this the new X-Men bad guy? Because it says new X-Men bad guy in the MCU, and it's a picture of the high evolutionary. I'm like, no, it's gonna probably going to be the new one in the comics. Do you think with the relaunch of the X-Men comic that they're going to try to adapt this setup of X-Men, this setup of the team for movies? That's a good question as to what we're going to get that translates. I would think... Not just because this is go go classic. It's or pretty do you think high concept. This is pretty high concept so? to just slam it in. I don't uh, know. I mean, but but at this point, are you really slamming it in? Yeah, I mean, yes, you can slam anything in you want. Yeah, but I, I mean, compared to what what you've already put out there, I mean, you're you're bringing out Thor: Love and Thunder next. <laughs> I think honestly, what I think works the best, perhaps, is. The we talked about this back in COVID when we were reading it, but the Ultimate X Men yeah. team. But I don't know because you, you're right; you have the opportunity with alternate dimensions and stuff to just take teams that feel more fully established and let us avoid this whole origin story that mm-hmm. people may be starting to burn out on. Yeah, and just introduce like, hey, here they are, and you can learn about it as you go because that's the way this story is going to work. I mean, you could try and re revamp the McAvoy stuff. He's like, don't. You okay. know what? You're a little old. Don't Mac wish that. Into Let's existence. shave your head again. Don't wish that into existence. Let's move on. I'm just saying. Both figuratively and literally. Let's head down to Gray Malkin Lane and get into this week's comics. First things first Marauders number 22. Kelsey, what's going on in Marauders this week? Well, um, the Marauders are, I assume, sitting at home somewhere. Uh, they don't have a ship, and Bishop obviously is writing a memo. Um, other than that, I don't know what the Marauders are doing, because in this issue, they're not in it. And this issue is Emma Frost has a hangover, and Sebastian Shaw is allowed to walk again, apparently. Um before they're going to deal with the fallout of Magneto, uh, Sebastian wants to get his old ex-wife back, who she he thought was dead, but surprise, is not dead. She ran away. Retcons, uh, baby. Boom, 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 which is kind of cool because they did play, they, they did show that old Hellfire Gala one 
in the last issue. So it was kind of nice to harken back to that. Um, the cuckoos are handling one of the Verendi. They're going to apparently go deal with her dad, who seems to maybe allegedly be abusive, um, is what I'm gathering. Thank you and, for ensuring he has the presumption of innocence. Well, I mean, not in, on Krakoa, because they read minds, which I don't know if that's admissible either, because it could count as a memory, right? I mean, how how reliable is someone's memory? Kelsey, we could start a whole nother podcast talking about the admissibility of Krakoan evidence. So <laughs> okay. let's steer clear right, of that right. one so we're not going to Um So really, this at the end of it, too, um, Bishop uh sending out memos and that's the only involvement of the marauders this entire issue so i think technically emma is a member of the marauders technically uh okay she bankrolls it i mean yes jeff bezos is a member of amazon but (laughs) if i recall she is on the cover for the initial the initial team i here's the thing you are not wrong that in many ways, um, the way that we would give flack to uh, New Mutants, uh, yes. you know, foreshadowing, uh, but the way that we give flack to New Mutants for switching around between different teams and different storylines, you're right. Marauders is, in many ways, sometimes it's Marauders and then two, for then two the issues, Club. and then you get Hellfire Club for one. Yeah. And then every now and then they overlap a little bit. And this one was certainly the politics of the Hellfire less than it was the Marauders. Yeah. But I want to ask this book, what it does do the way that it kicks off is it immediately ties into the after effects of the gala and um, Mars. A uh, really interesting thing. If you'd like to look at the art style, uh, the picture of Emma sitting there with the newspaper open and then like kind of drink and just exhausted bathroom next to like a pool. Yep. Um, that is a famous picture. And I can't remember the actress but it is the day after the Oscars. And oh, really? The idea that the world has changed. If go now, I can't think of her name. Um, is this recent or a while ago? Like this is this is a while ago. Um, the Oscars uh, for she was in Raging Bull. I will look her up. There's a famous picture of her in it. But anyways, it it was just something I I noticed. Um, that was kind of cool from an art perspective. Sort of like an homage. Yeah. So, g- given that, let's talk about that for a second. I'll, I'll jump onto that. Art. How did you feel about the... There's, I think, two really cool things about art in this book. The cover nod, right? Because this is a, a twist on a previous cover. It was the one sort of where uh, Kate gets revealed as the Red Queen, right? It's her and Emma standing over the board. And in this one, it's a little different as they've introduced, yes. you know, they put Lords in that place. But the other thing that I really liked, I want to know what you think about it, is that they switched up the artist of this book to drastically shift the tone for the flashback while Emma's talking about what happened to yes. Lords. Like the 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 way it actually, the art style itself, like the way they changed it? Or the yeah, the, they, they, it's, I mean, it's just not an art style shift. They switched Oh, it's artists. Faye Dunaway. Sorry, not, not, I'm sorry, sorry. It's a Faye okay. Dunaway, morning after. Yeah, but so they switched artists entirely. Um, yeah, it all, for it, Emma's flashback. It was it was almost like the old style of the the yeah. when they did the last flashback. Mm. Oh yeah, you are right. That is super 
I mean, that's definitely the. But well, no. I guess for anyone listening to an audio-based podcast, Kelsey was showing. Faye Dunaway morning after Oscars. Google it. That's on. But me. anyways, yes, I, 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 I kind of like when they do that. It, the same kind of deal that they had in the last week's X Corps with the Jamie Madrix special yeah. issues. It's. I'm always open for interesting uses of art, and I thought that was kind of a cool idea to really set that part of the story apart. Cause you're right. It felt older. It, you know, yeah, that you it felt can, back in time movies, you can put filters on stuff and, but this, I mean, it felt older, just the art style. So I really like that. I thought right. that was a neat um, twist. So sort of the two big reveals in this book are first the Wilhelmina Kensington. So the, the, the young girl from Verendi who's bankrolling the team. Absolute worst name ever, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it sounds rich, which I think accomplished the goal, yes, right? Yes, it sounds very rich. Were you interested or hype at all about sort of the reveal of the situation? Because we got a preview at the gala, right? That when the cuckoos are like, you know, they sense her and like, should we tell her? And then they, they switch something in her. And then this is the kind of the follow-up. Well, yeah, what's the idea that they should tell her? Tell her what? Like what, what happened to her? I- I don't or, know. That's that's kind of what well, it's bringing up. Okay, I have a few. I mean, this is because, all my problem with the way Krakoa operates. That you have so many psychics running around, and they just find it okay to invade people's minds. And this is a diplomatic position. Um, did you listen to last week's episode? I've listened to some of it, not all of it. Okay, I get. I I tell this to Quentin too. It's like. Monet getting upset at St. Croix for having a psychic barricade, like acting like she was assaulted, but would not have had that happen to her had she not tried to invade the other woman's mind at a TED talk, basically. It it is amazing. I don't get Because it felt like that was always such a core tenet of X-Men psychics, right? That if they invaded into minds, it was a big deal. Like it was, you only did it during desperation, or if they did it, it was a clear, you know, twist towards bad. Even Professor X does it in that yeah. way of X, yeah. where he's just like, yeah, well, you know what, I don't trust you. Yeah, everyone, everyone seems like, totally fine digging in everybody's minds. Yeah, like like personal privacy is gone on Krakoa. And to the point that, like with the Cuckoos, that they'll do it to foreign citizens i mean it doesn't matter now i don't know if that's always been their attitude where they're just like you know trained by emma to be who they are and they can be cold because i remember back in hoxpox when emma influenced somebody as part of like the establishment of krakow we were like whoa like this is right yes it all it's just all the time now but so here's the thing i know back when during the gala a month or so ago, there was this theory that maybe Wilhelmina was somehow another Emma clone, right? That she was like an offshoot of the cuckoos. So that was like, that's what we need to tell her. But it's like, what did they tell her? Like that her dad abused her? Did she not know that? Maybe not. That she had suppressed. But I mean, maybe that's what was going on. And that's why she's sort of. I mean, maybe we'll, uh, obviously it seems like we'll find out more. 
as, as I it mean, goes maybe, on. but I could also see a situation where, like, it's just an assumption that got lost, and we're just going to watch them, you know, brutally murder this dude. <laughs> yeah, murder this man without trial, yeah. Um, so the other reveal, of course, is the storyline around uh, uh, Sebastian Shaw's ex-wife, Lords Chantel, and that yeah. the retcon that she did not die, Mm-mm. but instead Emma helped her escape the Hellfire Club. Yeah. And she could continue her life elsewhere. And so I guess, was this is the same sort of thing. Was there any hype to this for you? Or was this just something out of nowhere where you were like, you know, what? do I, I yeah, actually I, care about this? I, do, I don't care about it. But okay. I've never been a huge, like, Hellfire Club person. I never get, like, they're kind of interesting in the background. Um, I'm a little more interested in... Uh, they were just talking about him in the memo. Um, not Wingard. Wingard? Oh, 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 I know. Um, I know what you're talking about. Um, the guy who destroyed the original Nimrod. Yes, They, they yes. talking about him. And they're like, maybe we should bring this guy back. You know, maybe I'm that should in that. be a priority. Yeah, I'm like, maybe this guy's a priority now. Um, that I'm interested in. Uh, as far as Shaw's ex-wife, I, one, Shaw seems so cut off at the knees as far as being... He's been totally warped. Yeah, like like I in no way am, do I consider would consider him a threat. Like even his machinations seem petty. I mean, just not forethought. I'm gonna shotgun you and throw you overboard. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, a, yeah, I mean, a pretty basic plan drawn up. And for no real, there's no real benefit. Like he didn't get anyone to take her place that he wanted in place. Like, right? What nothing, like what was the end game really? Yeah. So he just doesn't. He, he's he's no threat. Like, I don't consider him a bad guy anymore because I just don't feel like he's got teeth. So this storyline, I don't care much about, no. Do you give the story any bonus points that they at least gave you that previous old school Hellfire gala? Oh, they would have had snippet. to, or I would have just gone, I don't know who this is. Okay, so for you, it's not a benefit. It's just you're not taking points away. They at least... Yeah primed you for this like i liked the old hellfire what was that was that a reprint or did they just that was a reprint yeah that one back i kind of liked like reading i'm like man this is i remember reading comics like this where it's just like thick with text bubbles i mean there's a lot going on where i'm like like yeah I, i enjoyed it reading that very reminiscent of that claremont era yeah a lot of thought bubbles that there was no subtlety. You never right. had to wonder what people were thinking. Right. You always just got you, it. You got to know. In those. In, and you knew because the bubble lines weren't straight. They were curvy right. around the edges. Which might be a good segue into our next You recap. are correct. Because we did get some extra thought bubbles. We did. Which was very old school 90s Claremonti. Kelsey, tell us what happened in New Mutants number 12. Well, the New Mutants, we left off with Scout being found dead by her friends in a ravine. And the thought is, well, maybe it was an accident, but a good point is made. Scout has a healing factor. Someone would have had to actually full-on murder her and stick with it to make sure she died. Well, they don't know. But they're not going to go get adults' help because they, at this point, don't trust adults at all. So they have it in their head that they are going to bring Scout back using the powers of the five somehow. And 
Friendship and synergy, Kelsey. Nothing can defeat it. Family, man. Vin Diesel could do it. We've added Dom to the Dom, roster Dom's, of Dom's a new mutant. <laughs> Anyways, um, so body swapping, no girl body swaps into Scout so that she can go along and they head on to be launch this plan. Um, and they kind of just run into the adults on the way and lay out their personal feelings at him, including Dakin, who really gets his feelings hurt, it seems. Um, and Rain, eventually, who is still dealing with fallout from her loss and and in her dealings with the Shadow King, who seems to still be seemingly evilly lurking, but so far not actually having done anything bad. Like, well, like, I mean, theoretically, he's the reason Scout is dead. We don't know. No, 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 no. He's just the last person we saw him with Scout. Sure, sure. We have, we, we have no idea why I Scout mean, is dead. They showed him at some pretty nefarious angles. All they do is show him at nefarious angles, and every time it's just been like, yeah, I guess he's not doing anything bad. Um, it's so, uh, and, oh, a little side, speaking of, like, multiple stories going on, this one does its other story within this issue, where Warpath and Magic are proud, is he a proud star now or something? Uh, I wish Quentin was here. He knows this better. I am always awful at which one is which. Warpath. I think he's Proudstar. I think it is John Proudstar. Okay. But I always forget the original that is has died, that was like in the second wave of X-Men teams. Yeah. Um, well, and, we'll call him Proudstar because that's his last name. I know it. Anyways, they are sent off to recover a mutant. Uh, someone who's manifested their mutant abilities in the form of an earthquake from an island that has been damaged. So they're doing damage control and they kind of learn that the humans there don't want them to take the mutant child because it's a member of their community, not because they hate mutants, but no, you can't just take our kid. That's not, that's not okay. Um, so there's kind of a coming together moment where they realize like, Oh, okay. So you guys don't want to just kill this, kid and you're willing to work with trying to help her out then all right also more mutant synergy love that synergy all right so clearing stuff up real quick john proudstar is the original thunderbird thunderbird and this is warpath appearing in giant size x-men number one yes his younger brother is james proudstar and to make this more confusing initially went by thunderbird and then Warpath. Yeah. So, But he's been Warpath since, like, X-Force at least. Yes, right? he's been Warpath for a while, but he was also Thunderbird at a point. So, Okay. All right, so you're right. This story, or at least the A story for this book, is this team of young, I guess, new, new mutants. The and newest of the mutants. In the... The non-pretty mutants. Right, staying true to the new mutants' way since we've started this era, we kind of have the split teams in these books. We go yeah. back and forth on who we're following, but this is a new set of young mutants 
And I know we've discussed before, hey, why can't we stick to the, the team that we really want to read about, that kind of stuff. Is this worth it for you? Yeah, um, I, I actually, I like this team, and I am getting away from the, the need to follow one specific New Mutants team, as opposed to this just showing young, the, the young mutants on Krakoa. And if they want to follow multiple teams, it just have a few characters that check in like you have magic and warpath and they, they just kind of ch- check in as like the, the camp scout or the camp counselors, basically. Right. It like, does like, like a, a like, summer camp. That. Like, like they're the camp counselors, the, the older mutants, the older new mutants. Um, I mean, warpath literally has like the, gym shorts, the, yeah. gym, your gym shorts, but if, if they treat it like that, I kind of like it in, in the way that they're exploring the issues that you, you, they have on the Island. I mean, the group that you're following now, it's the issues of trusting the adults issues with the crucible. And you know, what are the reasons you can be reincarnated or, or brought back resurrected versus, you know, what's not okay. Like, like, can you, they bring up again, clones. Can we even bring clones back? Uh, I can't be brought back because I, I'm ugly, but someone got to be killed, even though they didn't lose their powers. They just wanted their brother pulled out of their brain from some previous issue. I, but things like that, 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 you know, they have legitimate questions and they, you know, have legit beef. Like when, Oh, I think they're at the green lagoon or something or at the crucible. And one starts, Oh, well you're beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And you know, yeah, it's like I, easy for you to say yeah, you're a little like, supermodel. Yeah, it's like, no, it's like, I got a reality warped face. Yeah, it's like, look at this. No, you know, you're no. right. It does. The book as a whole, I think it, it has an elevator pitch to it, right? That it's like mm-hmm. when you have a utopian island with everyone that has these enormously cool superpowers uh-huh. and there's no consequences and very little oversight and supervision. Like, what happened to the kids? You know, what do your kids do? Um, the the there's one where magic is just right. It's one of the memos that she writes, and it's about dealing with hey, you know, we got to find purposes for these mutants that's yeah. non combat related, because they don't all want to fight. They don't all need to fight. Yep. You know that's why we, we find this. things to do for them. That's that's they they feel used. They feel and that's that's not just a, a mutant thing, but that's a human thing. You know that whole idea where they talk about it's like. You know, if you don't feel like you have purpose in your job or life or something, you waste away. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's in many ways, I think the center of a lot of, uh, you know, mental health issues yes. is that if you just, if you don't feel like you're contributing, if there's nothing going on. Well, what's God, the, they talk about, the um, oh, elderly people live longer if they have a pet. Sure. The idea of purpose, you know. So I think that gets related very well in this comic. So the, the search at, for purpose. So looking at that in this young team, there is, you know, S- Scout's friend sort of realizing we should have listened and, you know, she's been such a good friend to us. Why didn't we do more? That kind of stuff. Did did that come across to you as genuinely heartfelt or did it cross into cheesy? Uh, It's no, because I'm thinking of it like they're kids. So their reactions are going to be on a dime for things. So someone's dead. Oh no. Now it's heartfelt in that they feel for, but not so heartfelt that they're going to adults. 
they're going to say, hey, we messed up. Nope, they're still trying to hide everything and do kids stuff where it's like, oh, but we don't want to get caught. Let's see if we can just sneak in there and do this ourselves. Um, no, it did feel cheesy to me. And, and again, I like that this group, they didn't get into any combat. They're not getting into fights. Yeah. They're, you know, it, 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 it's just, it's a low action story that still feels like a lot of actions happening somehow. And, and they keep up with that theme that's been running through maybe this book more than any other, but the idea of synergy yes, and they creative really do. uses New of Mutants powers. New really has stuck with that. Right, that they're like, hey, we've been doing this body swapping stuff. Why don't we use that as a way to resurrect so we can do right. this without going through it? But So there's also kind of the B storyline that goes on in this book, however, is that um, Magic and Warpath take a team of some of the younger mutants to mm-hmm. go help kind of rescue a new mutant. Put out some fires yep. and literally... A, yeah, a very, very classic X-Men story, right? Oh, of, brother of Nature? Right, Brother Nature. Brother... No, not Brother. That's true. Brother, brother. Nature. That, um, but no, very classic X-Men story, right? A child yeah. manifests their powers. It causes some at least small level disaster. The X-Men go help and provide it but they they clearly get into this misunderstanding with the people that you know the people are like oh you're going to take our kid away mm-hmm. and the story clearly points to kind of how the rest of the world or at least parts of the world are hearing about this through second hands that yeah this island of people thinks mutants come and kidnap mutant children and just like take yeah. them away like the mutant boogeymen yeah was, did you think this was just like, hey, like nice B story to fill some points? Or was this something that was like, hey, this is a bigger part of the world? It's like I think I think there's two things that were like two ways they could go with this. One, you keep doing small stuff like this of showing how the world reacts in smaller bits. Or you could run with the, you know mutant, you know, rescue teams that don't actually have to do it. Or and again, this is another one. They really other than minor conflict like violent conflict they solved it peacefully like it's kind of funny because it seems to me this was sort of supposed to be the job of the marauders isn't it the marauders go and go get people from countries that 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 aren't allowing them to leave so yes you know and maybe because i think this was a british island yeah it's a british overseas territory which i don't know with britain's that's severing true. yeah that's of ties true. you know which also they planted a gate there I, I you know if that gets reported i'm pretty sure the british are going to show up and be like uh yeah dig this thing out overseas territories you know who knows how that falls right crown right could, could they put a uh, one in guam i don't know but I, something that i liked about it i don't know that just made it feel more real to me was that it is sort of a small territory island off the beating path right that they're not yeah. they're probably not getting their rumors and their news and stuff, sort of the mainstream. Very way. insular probably, community, probably. Yeah, it's probably more likely for like a rumor like that to circulate through this insular community. You're exactly right that it's like, oh, they see these people as like weird, you know, more so. Mutants just, are baby snatchers. If you, yeah, if you, they just if, show yeah, up. Oh no, I showed powers. The mutant boogeyman is going to come take me from my family. Take my kids away. Yeah, and it, they even they have one really good panel where the kid's mom is sort of like sifting through this rubble and you see Warpath coming around the corner, but he's just sort of this shadow Shadowy, yeah. illuminated. And it's like, Oh, like this, 
this would feel terribly creepy if this yeah. is all you knew and all you heard about and now they're here and it's like give me your kid yeah I'm so i don't know child, for so. me it was an extra little bit of world building that they didn't spend too long on getting that across and, you know and this is I, I still like new mutants and i don't yeah. even know where i put it in my rankings but i still enjoy this comic i mean I enjoy what they do week in and week out with what they, when they put something in, I enjoy it. I, I haven't, I have yet to read a new mutants really where I'm like, mm, no, this is. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I didn't like a yeah. new mutants book. And I've said this before. It gets to emotion and like friendship sometimes in a lot of ways that I don't think any other book has. Yeah. And differently too, that the, the team of the, the younger mutants, it's different than the older ones, but the that yeah. connection has been there. So the other storyline that's sort of been woven through New Mutants for a while now, and we advance a little bit, is Rain not yes. being able to get her son Tear right. back. The rift that that's kind now, of caused in Tear, the original New Mutants. Tear dies in her womb, correct? Like, is Tear never born? No, Tear has been born. Oh. Um, he is, like, also... His dad is like an Asgardian wolf god or something. Is his dad Fenrir? I don't know. I'd have to Google more. But it's 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 a lot. It's a classic comic storyline. Okay, okay. That we have a, a werewolf mutant and that's like the the normal parent. Yeah. But no no, it is born um is a um a a character that has existed. Uh, but dead? at the at the yes Theoretically, but they don't, I think that's part of the thing is, right, they don't know. Oh. And they can't confirm it, and that's why they haven't been able to, like, guarantee bringing back, because of the protocols and everything. But, at the end of this book, as the the team of young mutes is sort of sneaking in to the Fives base, where they grow and resurrect Mm -hmm. mutants, Rain is the one who sort of stops them after they get past Tempest. And so my thing is, what do you think is going on there? Is Rain they are basically for the same purposes of, as them. Is she looking to circumvent the rules at this point and do something to jump the line or to get get the job done? Because like that seems like a pretty yeah. secluded area, right? Yeah. They have to sneak in. It's they use reality possible. warping. Well, she was there with she was there with Elixir. Elixir. Yep. So Elixir was walking her through. So it's very possible, but I don't know if she knows how to circumvent the rules. Maybe that's what Shadow Cake's wanting to figure out how to do. Well, that's right, because she has that scene talking with Shadow King right, at the Green Lagoon about that. And it's maybe he's sort of given her, you know, the keys or the way to break in or some plot to do this. And, you know, what's he getting out of it? Or is the big reveal going to be that he's just a great grief counselor and has been the whole time? And, and, well, that's the thing. It's like this has been going on for a bit now where I'm waiting to see the payoff. And either of those being the payoff, either some nefarious plan or him not being nefarious in any way will both be satisfying. Either of those would be satisfying to me. If it turns out he's just really trying to, to reform himself. I, I have told you, I think that is my preferred outcome that yeah. he is just trying to help the kids. Yeah. And I don't know where it goes from there, or if that's just, we put a bow on it. We don't hear from the shadow King for another 10 years, but I think there's a part of me that wants that to be, the ultimate yeah. outcome is that... And I still want them to draw him creepy 
and this leering pedophile kind of <laughs> look to him with his little fez. I mean, all of the angles and the shadows and everything. Right. It's him just being like, "Hey, tell me what you're going through, and yeah. maybe we can work through this together. Let's let's slay your demons the way I took care of mine." Yeah. No, I I I gotta agree with you on that. It's like that's that's what I hope for. I like either, but I I do hope they just keep him as as a a reform a reformed bad guy. <laughs> that's I I think that's the way I want it too. I don't know. I think we got to get there soon, sooner rather than later, because I don't know how much you can keep pulling me down the is he or isn't he. Right, because they're clearly indicating to us. Oh, they're trying to at least dead show you bodies are near him. I mean, come on, right? He's hanging out in caves with kids, and his dialogue when he's talking, hanging out in caves with kids. That even his dialogue with Scout was very nefarious. But right, no. Overall, I think New Mutants has steadily been climbing and has been a really good book. Like I said, I don't remember the last time that I thought it was bad so i am excited to see continuations of a lot of these storylines and i think that's a hallmark of a good book yeah all right well considering there's only two of us uh i think we leave the danger room until we all get to get back together uh which has been a while i feel like we haven't well yeah the last one we did in like eight guesses so stupid work we we smoked the last uh danger room we did that's it has to be recalibrated that's why we haven't gotten to get back to it yeah we just demolished it so fast. Yeah, they got, the they high gotta, evolutionary? Yeah. This, they got to put the hard light. Uh, Rein, some reinstallation. Some yeah. upgrades. Get yeah, some I gotta CR say, tech in there. High evolutionary, if you had told me that was the one we were going to solve in under 10. Don't think I would have believed you. Yeah. But all right, good books this week. Looking forward to more next week. And I think we should be coming up on the Trial of Magneto soon. That's August. And then... Yeah. Inferno coming in September. Uh, yes, and on the MCU front, uh, the What If series, I think, starts in August as well. Correct. Yeah, MCU's done a very good job of sort of just every... Not letting this go even a whole month without something. something. Um, I have not watched Black Widow. Have you seen it? I have not, but Quentin I do... saw it. He likes it. Uh, Disney Quentin Plus seen... is not $30 a month. You are correct. I noticed the, the that. The premiere access. Because I went to go watch it, and I'm like... Thirty dollars. I'm like, nope, not for that. It'll well, be free it, it, in October. That's what I was just like. I'll wait for this one to be free. If my kids were really into Black Widow, I would have taken them to see it. Sure, but that's just not a character. Like they, they know her, but they don't. I don't think they know enough to really like sit down in the theater for it. They, the older one might. He he digs that type of stuff, but I mean, it's a pretty even. For a Marvel movie, a little more adult oriented, right? The whole yeah. spy, the Russian sleeper well, spy, yeah. like that's sleeper that's pretty spy. Adult. They cut out your ovaries and yeah, whatever for that's hysterectomy. I mean, non-child friendly. Yeah, it's just like eh, he he gets away with enough PG thirteen as it may be. So yeah, all right. Well, we look forward to next week with some more great comics and hopefully a full house of mutant council. So until then, uh, see you guys later. Cut it out. Cut the check. Hello, fellow Danger Room survivors. This is Dane thanking you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to invite you to join the examination community by checking us out at our website and Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and get your suggestions for questions of the week and Marvel 20 questions. 
You can find us at examination.blogspot.com and on Twitter at examination. That's E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N.blogspot.com and at examination spelled the same way. While you're at it, help us grow the community by giving us an Omega Level review wherever you listen to the podcast. See you next week.